I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> This is not a drill. That's right. We haven't played this in a few months. But guess what? It's almost time for NHL season. You know what time it is for that? That means that it's almost time for Frank's Power Play. And Frank, man, guess what? You better take it away. Go ahead. And I wasn't expecting to have to take it away this early. But since there was three big stories that were dropped this week. I figured, you know what, I gotta bring it back. And I'll start off with the most late-breaking of those stories, although it was one that I broke two months ago on this very show, and that is the fact that Henrik Zetterberg of my deadbeat Detroit Red Wings has said that he cannot play anymore. Everything came out today, but like I said, I reported this two months ago, on this show back in July with a report from Jeff Moss of the Detroit Sports Rag, who I gave full credit to. So, and pretty much everyone's reaction is like, oh, we knew about it. We just didn't want to believe it or didn't want to accept it. It goes back to the whole, why tell the truth when the lie is more entertaining? I think there's re- it's really an indictment on a lot of the media in this town that if, if they knew about it, why not look for answers? Do your job for once. But, you know, I'm not going to go off too much on that. I've said what needs to be said. Zetterberg's career is officially over. He had 950 career points, over 300 goals, 600 assists. In his career, played 1,082 games in a Red Wings uniform. Or also won a Conn Smythe Trophy as the playoff MVP of the 2008 Stanley Cup Final. Oh, and he was a captain since the 2013 season. So, have to give him a tip of the cap for his career that he had in the Motor City. As for where the Red Wings go next for a captain, I don't think they'll have an actual captain this coming season. But I believe, and I've said this before many a time, Dylan Larkin will be the next captain of the Detroit Red Wings. Speaking of that, we'll stick to that to that area. As earlier this week, some more news was dropped on Tuesday that former Red Wing and Tampa Bay Lightning general manager Steve Eiserman was surprisingly announcing that he was stepping down from his position. And which really caught everybody off guard, including myself. I didn't think he was going to be leaving, and he was really under no heat from ownership or anyone that he should lose his job or his job was in any sort of danger. So my initial thought was maybe he's got, I was worried he may have some health issues, but that did not appear to be the case. And they were actually going to promote Julian Brisbois, the assistant general manager, to the GM spot. 
Now, on the surface, it looks like, oh, they want to just keep Brisbois in, keep from losing him to Montreal, because it sounded like that he was going to possibly go there if Mark Bergman got whacked. But, but, here's what they're saying is going to happen. Eisenman will now be a senior advisor for the remaining year of his contract in Tampa, and that's when all the rumors started flying, oh, he's going to come home to Detroit. He's going to come home to Detroit. And, of course, I kind of poo-pooed that at first, along with several others, that, hey, there's no way he's going to come back because Chris Illich still owns team, and he and Chris Illich don't like each other for whatever reasons. But then I saw a tweet from Joe Smith of the team of the Tampa Bay Times who was a lightning beat writer and he said that Eiserman had told all the players that he was going back to Detroit so now as I say where there's smoke there's fire and that led me to believe that maybe there's a possibility that Chris Illich and Steve Eiserman have decided to iron out their differences and make peace with one another I'm not saying that they did but I don't think one can say that there's absolutely no chance that that did not happen, for example. Or maybe it was something that was requested at Marriott Illich's on his decision because she, of course, she being Mike Illich, late Mike Illich's widow, and Marion loves the Red Wings. She loves Steve Eisman. I guess she sat down with Chris and told him, look, you boys are going to iron out your differences because we're going to go after Steve when his contract is up and I want you two to be getting along just fine. So, that could have happened as well. But who, know, who knows if there was, and there are some people who refute that there was some uh, seeds of discontent between those two parties. But in the end, I guess we can say that maybe it is only a time matter of time before the pen is put to the paper and then Eiserman officially returns to the organization in 2019 basically meaning that Ken Holland the current beleaguered and embattled GM is essentially a lame duck and he's either going to get kicked upstairs in an advisor role before he decides to go to Seattle or they'll just basically tell him have fun in Seattle see you later Adios and Viacom Dios. So that's definitely something that bear, it's going to bear watching over probably over this coming season. As Eisen, it has been confirmed that Eisenman still has his family still lives in the Detroit area. He has a daughter who goes to the University of Michigan. Is on the uh, lacrosse team there, the club team, I should say. Okay, so it's uh, definitely something that will turn the organization around somewhat but I w- would have to say because I knew that they were going nowhere with Holland in charge and plus now with Zetterberg being done for I think now this is a team that's likely in the big running for Jack Hughes who's expected to be the number one pick in the NHL draft in 2019 but like I said only time will tell and I mean, when I get to my season preview next week, I'll just kind of say where I think all the other teams are going to finish. But don't expect me to be placing the Red Wings anywhere near the top. And speaking of other teams in the division, 
Ottawa Senators ended up making a pretty big move. They sent defenseman Eric Carlson to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for forward Chris Tierney, defenseman Dylan DeMello, a couple of prospects, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2019 second-round pick, and a couple of conditional draft picks, which, if you ask me, I think that... Fens GM Pierre Dorian got fleeced because Eric Carlson is one of the best defensemen in the league. And the fact that you did not get a top, you did not get at least a first line player, first line forward in return, or a top pairing defenseman, or one of the Sharks' higher rated prospects in return, or a 2019 first round draft pick, for example, I think that. I, th- I absolutely think that Sharks GM Doug Wilson comes out the big winner because Chris Tierney was a decent third-line player. Wasn't gonna wasn't somebody who's going to light up, but he's going to go out there and do his job. Dylan DeMello is kind of in and out of their lineup, and a pro- two prospects were traded. I don't remember if I'm offhand. I know one of them, I believe, is going to be playing at the University of Michigan this year. And then the draft picks were, it's the 2020 first rounder. I would have asked for a 2019 first rounder in return, especially if you're trying to rebuild like the Senators are. But again, I think Peter Dorian has probably heard me bitch and moan about Ken Holland, and he said, hold by beer and watch this. But I digress. So that'll, what this does for the Sharks is it gives them. Eric Carlson, who is one of the best defensemen in the league, and puts him in a lineup that's already got Brent Burns, who's one of the best defensemen in the league, especially from a stat sheet stuffing standpoint. And you've also got Mark Edward Vlasic, who's very solid as well. Sharks probably have the deepest blue line core outside of the Nashville Predators in the Western Conference, because as I mentioned, you've got Vlasic, you've also got Justin Braun, who's played very well, fell back on the blue line. Right, so San Jose definitely trying to get into that arms race and have the best shot at dethroning the Vegas Golden Knights as the top team in the West. So that will pretty much do it for my power play early season edition on this September the 14th, 2018. Season previews will be coming soon. Once again, Frank, the show is going to be on Saturday, and you said it on Friday. Never sorry, I was sorry. Learn your sorry lesson. about that. So, sorry about that. So, for Saturday, September fifteenth, two thousand and eighteen. There you go. So, you came out with your power play early, just because you were antsy to get this uh, uh, information out. Well, it was three. Well, it was those three big stories that came out this week, and I. They, well, the first was the the whole Iserman story because that that essentially came out of the blue. Because he because when I saw he was stepping down, I got an alert from from TSN on my phone saying that he was stepping down as GM of the Lightning. I'm thinking, whoa, that because that that really caught me off guard. I think it caught pretty much everybody in 
he, who's an NHL reporter off guard as well, because for one, he's one of the more respected GMs in the league. He's done a phenomenal job building up the Tampa Bay Lightning because he, before he got there, that team was a dumpster fire. There, and that, he ended up building them up. They were to being a to being one of the top, one of the beasts in the East. East, they were they ended up getting to the Cup final in 2015. Had a lot of nice pieces there, and they still do. But I don't think they're going to be going crashing back down to earth anytime soon because I think I've mentioned on previous editions, Julian Brisbois, who's now going to take over, is one of the one is one of was probably the best uh, GMs in waiting. Not named Kyle Dubas before Dubas got the Maple Leafs gig. So Brisbois will be, I believe, is now the third youngest GM in the NHL behind Dubas and John Chakia in Arizona. So that's, that was it. So, but then, and also with the whole eyes are coming back to Detroit, I kind of, like I said, I kind of, I, I was kind of blowing that off at first, but then when I saw stuff come out from, Joe Smith of the Tampa Bay Times and also Helene St. James of the Free Press saying that he told guys that he told his players that he was going back to Detroit that got me thinking okay maybe there is something maybe there is some traction to this Frank once again thank you for that uh, good old power play I guess it's good to be back I figured you could be a couple more weeks before you brought it back yeah, I know, especially with um, a lot of my attention being set on high school football right now and a whole lot of other stuff. But then, but then again, when stories like these happen to break, I have to. I had to call an audible. Oh, okay, cool. Anything else? Well, that'll do it for that'll do it for my power play. Hey, and. Hopefully I'll have, I'll have more. Probably I don't know if I'll have previews next week. It'll probably be the following week when I start doing that. I'm thinking that actually next week. I know there's some preseason games. I think the Red Wings play the Penguins next Wednesday. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll have to look that up. I usually I usually like to wait until about a week before the regular season to do my season previews. Mm. Or I'll just kind of or what I'll do is I'll usually just list my. Postseason awards predictions. I'll list division winners, who makes, who's in, who's out. Pick who I think is going to win the cup, and this, that, and the other. Sounds like you already have it already figured out, though. Eh, actually, I don't yet. I've got still got to do some research. I got to buy the hockey news yearbook. Look, usually look. I like to look and see what they have to say. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, Frank, we'll uh, pretty much finish up here on uh, 88.3 WGs after further reviews as he has your, uh, I guess, preseason power play, so to speak. We'll call call it the uh, early season breaking news edition of the power play. (laughs) Yeah, some of it, a little bit was a couple days old. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Matt Patricia, the Lions, and their debut and uh, how you kind of – Get it off your chest. It might be, it might be your, your deadbeat Detroit kittens. 
Uh, only time we'll we'll see. All I know is I got to witness that crap with my own eyes in person on Monday night. <laughs> oh man, that stinks. Anyway, we'll be back after this here on eighty-eight point three After further review, make sure you check us out on our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. This WXUT after further review, we'll be back. Talk a little bit about the NFL and uh, Detroit Lions. 